It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here's your host, Inside Towers Managing Editor, Jim Fryer. Welcome back to the Wireless Water Cooler. We've had a brief hiatus here for a few months, and uh, we've we've missed all of you, our listeners. So uh, glad to be back with Jonathan Adelstein, CEO and President of WIA. Jonathan, welcome back. Great to be back uh, and, and hydrate a little bit with uh, Congressman Latta, who's going to join us in a minute. He is a big deal in Congress. With everything that's been going on uh, lately, uh, there's there's a lot to unpack, and, and uh, luckily we got him for a short time before he's due back on the uh, on the floor back there. And uh, so we'll hear what he has to say in, in just a minute. We haven't done the water cooler since we've had ConnectX down in Orlando, and we all got together then. And uh, I'll say again, good job on that. Uh, you had to be pleased with the with the turnout, considering obviously the, the world conditions we're in right now. Yeah, an amazing turnout. I mean, we broke, uh, you know, all of our, our uh, projections for sponsorships, exhibitors. We had a really great turnout. Everybody did it safely. We haven't heard of any, any incidents. We took the strongest possible measures to protect people that were there uh, under, under CDC guidelines, and it worked. Uh, so it proves we can gather together. We can do it safely. And, you know, most importantly, we can really benefit from seeing each other and, and getting together. I think people really enjoyed it. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. I, I think uh, not just the not just the pure networking, but but actual, you know, the, we, friendships have developed in this industry. It's a it's a tight industry, and, and over the years, and, and I think everybody enjoyed just seeing each other again and and downloading on uh, you know how they've uh, how they've been getting through all of this and and personally, but in addition to business wise. So it was uh, it was a nice. Uh, coming together of, of, of a lot of things and just kind of a rejoining. Uh, so uh, we're grateful for that. Now you're going to be doing it again uh, in May. Why, why, so, why so soon after the, the last one? Well, we pushed back this one to October. Initially, it was planned for May and it was going to be a year-long delay, but we kept pushing it back to make sure it was safe for our participants, which worked, but it means we have a short turnaround time. Now, Normally, short turnaround times uh, can be a problem for people. Oh, I just went and don't want to go again. But we're going to go to Denver, May 23rd to 26th. And what we're hearing is people are excited to get together again. They had such a good time at uh, ConnectX in Orlando. They can't wait to get back together again. So it's kind of a special, uh, unique situation where we actually have uh, more enthusiasm than usual for a quick turnaround because people are basically pent up and they're ready to get out there and see each other again. So, uh, you know, we've already had almost record numbers of exhibitors re-sign because the floor was so active and hot at uh, in Orlando. Sponsors are going gangbusters. We think it's gonna be a huge turnout in Denver uh, in, in May, and uh, people could be more excited about seeing each other again and building on uh, everything that we did in Orlando. Why did you choose Denver? Well, we want to try something new and get out to the West. We hadn't been out West for a while. Uh, Denver is a huge center of a lot of activity with uh, Zayo and Dish um, and, and a lot of wireless uh, innovation happening there. Uh, people remember old Level 3. You know, it, it really is a place that uh, there's a lot of startups and activity, um, uh, you know, that is happening in that town. And so we're, we're really excited to feature it. We're not going to the outskirts. We were right right in the middle of town, the convention center, uh, downtown, where there's a lot to do, a lot of activity. Uh, So we're really looking forward to it. 
Terrific. Well, I'll, I'll put in the plug next time for the Northeast here. I'm in Philadelphia. We love to have everybody up here too. I, I know everybody in the Northeast always feels like you know, we're always the ones traveling someplace else. So um, would welcome anything, Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York. Well, we were supposed to be in Boston, Jim, but you know, they told us they weren't sure they could pull it off in August. So again, we moved that back to Orlando, uh, but we're ready to go back there. Uh, we'd love to go back to, to Boston to make up for, for lost time. But right now, you know, Denver's it in May. Uh, registration's open. Uh, the early bird um, rates are available now, uh, so it's a little cheaper. Uh, you can look at it up on connectivityexpo.com to get signed up now a little bit, little bit less expensive, uh, but, you know, never too soon to plan for, for Denver in May, May 23rd, 26th. But we will come back east, Jim, I promise. We always do. Uh, but we want to try something new or we're not going all the way west, but we're getting out there. My, my neck of the woods, I'm from South Dakota, so about time to get the Midwest. <laughs> no, that'll be a great new venue, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, we have a special guest today, and with everything that's going on in Washington, we have a lot to unpack here. Uh, obviously, uh, the infrastructure bill being signed. Uh, we have the Cybersense Security Act, uh, everything going on with the FAA, the C-band issue happening so um so much going on that been transpiring in the industry over, over just the past few months uh, not to mention the past the past year as to, to how the industry has responded to covid and the pandemic how things are developing so i will give you the honors jonathan to introduce our special guest well thanks jim there sure is a lot going on and we're honored to have congressman uh, bob Ladd of ohio with us today Congressman Ladd is super important to our industry as ranking member on the Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Communications and Technology, which oversees all telecom policy, including our entire wireless industry. Now, in this really powerful position, Congressman Ladd has prioritized innovation in telecommunications, something our industry is, is known for, and he's long pushed for increased access uh, to the deployment of high-speed broadband. He was first elected in 2007 to the same Northwestern Ohio district that his father once held for 30 years. Thanks for having uh, the time to join us today, Congressman Latta. Oh, John, thanks very much for having me on. Well, you've been in Congress uh, as the wireless industry has grown enormously since 2007 in size and importance. People can't live without these devices. You can ask my daughter. She certainly can't live without hers. and It's become a part of our daily lives. How do you and the, the committee view uh, the wireless infrastructure sector in general? Well, the wireless uh, industry is absolutely essential for us. You know, as we just uh, coming through COVID in the last year, we know what happened there. You know, with the $1.7 trillion that industry put into uh, our infrastructure out there, we wouldn't have been able to survive. Because, you know, right off the bat, uh, especially when you look at telehealth, you look at precision agriculture, you look at manufacturing, you look at businesses, you look at kids going to school. If we didn't have what you all provided, this country would have been in deep trouble. And one of the great things that occurred, of course, was that uh, we saw speeds increasing out there. And not only did speeds increase, but cost didn't increase. And in some cases, they went down. To our counterparts over in Europe, you know, we saw there just a reverse, you know, uh, speeds going down, costs going up. So the industry has done a tremendous job out there and we recognize that. And so it's actually essential that, you know, we continue on with it. And that's one of the reasons that I'm leading on our uh, subcommittee and then the full committee, uh, 28 different pieces of legislation out there to make sure that we can get the broadband out across the United States where we need it and help those unserved areas. 
And so, you know, I'm always, always uh, appreciative of all the work that uh, you all have done to make sure we are where we are today. Well, we appreciate all that you've done as well. I mean, you've introduced bipartisan legislation to get broadband, as you said, everywhere, get ourselves to rural America. And I know there's rural parts of your district. What, what are the issues in rural America and how can we best address them? Well, you know, when, you, when I look at rural America, first of all, uh, it was several years ago that the FCC came out with their uh, the broadband maps. And you, know, you looked at those maps and if, if you know your district and I'm out in mine, I can tell you when I'm driving in my car and I'm on the phone with somebody, I said, you've got about 30 seconds because I know I'm going to get disconnected. It's just like I was on it doing an interview on radio uh, last week. And sure enough, it came and I was gone. But, uh, you know, when, when I look across my district and all that has to happen with it, it's essential that we have accurate maps. And again, we want to make sure we're getting into the unserved areas. You know, we have a lot of areas that are underserved. And I know that when I was on a, uh, a, a Zoom call with the, uh, the vice president uh, not too many months ago, uh, you know, I was explaining how important it is in our areas that we, you know, get out to where we need it, that we don't have the overbuilding. Uh, especially with government dollars coming in when, you know, private industry has already been out there. So it's important to us to make sure that we get it. Because again, if you're a small business, how can you survive today? And I, you know, I never want to uh, disparage anything. But when was the last time you looked at the yellow pages? You know, people, what do they do? They get right on their phones, they get on their computers, and that's where they're looking. So yeah, small businesses, any business out there relies on, our farmers rely on it for precision agriculture, which was legislation I had several years ago that was in the farm bill. So you look across everything that we do and uh, we're connected today and we have to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk as you, as you lost your, your signals here going about making fiber the only solution uh, in the infrastructure bill that was signed yesterday. Uh, as it gets implemented, um, what do you think? Do you think federal state support for broadband should be technologically neutral and wireless and and why is flexibility important in, in your mind in terms of the role of wireless in closing the digital divide? Well, you know, to, to go back, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've been on the committee since 2010. And one of the great things about serving in energy and commerce, you, we're, when you sit up on that dais, we're actually looking over the horizon five to 10 years. And so, you know, we're talking to the innovators, the entrepreneurs, the companies that are out there that are deploying right now and what they need. The last thing that we should be doing is have the federal government picking winners and losers. We're not very good at that. And so we want to make sure that, uh, that we're, the deployment's going where it needs. And then, you know, it's up to, you know, the private sector out there to get it done. But to have the federal government saying, oh, this is the only thing we're going to pick is absolutely wrong. Because, again, uh, we don't do a good job at it. And at the same time, uh, you know, let's leave that up to consumers and, and the choice that they want. And, and we need to get it out there as soon as possible. And so, again... Uh, it's not picking winners and losers. And that's one of the things that I always emphasize on committee. Absolutely. I mean, wireless has a huge role to play. As you pointed out, you know, you can't have that dropped. You have to have access to it everywhere you go yeah. to get your homework done, healthcare. Uh, the idea that you, you know, ambulances uh, don't have fiber trailing them. Public safety relies on wireless. So we well, you know, just give an example. Uh, when uh, Chairman Pai was uh, still with the FCC, he was in my district. And uh, we were at a hospital that has stroke unit that, that goes out. And this, this unit is incredible, the technology, but there's one little snag, how far it can go out. It can't, you know, it can only go to a certain distance and that's as far as it goes. 
And so that's why we have to get, you know, the, uh, the broadband deployed and uh, wireless can meet that challenge. Absolutely. I mean, I remember at the beginning of this Congress, I testified before you and in your subcommittee in the House, and you joined with your uh, Republican colleagues on, on the committee to unveil a comprehensive package of 28 bills that were aimed at streamlining siting to improve access to the internet. Some of those bills directly addressed the wireless infrastructure uh, siting issues we face by reducing unnecessary barriers to build out. How important do you think streamlining is to bridging the digital divide and how can industry and government work together to make sure the process for wireless broadband siting is reasonable? Well, you know, the, the legislation that we introduced, I'm really excited about because again, as you mentioned, it's, you know, it's uh, streamlining out there. Let's get it done. The other thing is it's important that we, as we look at this, is that we want to make sure that um, the permitting process is uh, how we can get that done. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, we don't have unnecessary red tape. We want to make sure that, you know, the, uh, the federal and local governments work together and with the private industry to be able to, to meet these challenges. It, you know, it's, it, sometimes you have to say it's not rocket science what we need to do. And the other great thing about this, these bills, it doesn't really cost anything. It's just this really common sense approach to getting out there to get uh, what we have to get across the United States. But we've got to get it done sooner than later, because, again, uh, you know, as we mentioned with COVID and with everything that occurred, that uh, we know that uh, how essential part that it played out there and making sure that uh, folks could be connected. And at the same time, so many businesses have found that, you know what, they don't have to have their people uh, in an office building, that all of a sudden people are now working more from home. That uh, so uh, businesses, you know, when they got caught with uh, a lot of uh, lost revenue out there, they're making it up right now by saying, well, we'll just cut in certain areas and folks say, well, okay, I'll, I'll work from home. Well, that, that's right. I mean, you know, we appreciate your leadership on helping us get that infrastructure where it's needed so we can actually provide service to the public. You know, another issue cropped up recently that you've heard about, no doubt, uh, the FAA yeah. surprisingly releases bulletin claiming that there's possible effects on aircraft equipment from 5G rollouts. We, we were by this, you know, the FCC suddenly concerned about the C-band spectrum They years to look into this and haven't raised these issues. And they're saying now maybe some action is needed and they're slowing down the rollout at a C-band, and this is because some unfounded uh, complaints from the aviation industry. Do you think the FAA has a, a role to play in spectrum management, or should that be left to the expert agency, the FCC? And how do you think the FCC's actions are going to affect 5G deployment and U.S. leadership and the ability to win the race to 5G? I mean, China's not facing these issues. There's a bunch of other countries using exactly the same spectrum. Our planes are flying into them, and the FAA is not doing anything about that. What, what do you see going on here? Well, and again, uh, you know, everyone's pretty much surprised when you see things like this, because again, uh, the FCC has been working on this for years. Yeah, you know, they need this, this C-band. They've been looking at it. They said, you know, that here we are. This is where 5G is going to be. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard and I've used the term, we have to win the race to 5G. Well, all of a sudden now, if they're saying, well, we, wait a minute, uh, we're going to take a month off here to look at it longer. And at the same time, somebody said, well, maybe we shouldn't even deploy 5G. And says, you got to be kidding me that uh, we could, anybody could even come up with that, uh, that we would be saying that uh, we, we wouldn't be in the 5G. You're absolutely correct when you look at over 40 other countries are out there already doing exactly what we need to be doing. And in some cases, you know, that, that band is, either, that guard out there is even smaller 
than what's being proposed uh, right now with the FCC. So, you know, a lot of times uh, when you have uh, another agency out there like the FAA, that they, they're looking at something maybe very minute that uh, shouldn't be a problem. And they're saying, well, we got to stop. And it's just like, we cannot stop because 5G's is the future. And, you know, the other thing we're talking about right now, I know when uh, it wasn't too long ago, probably less than three weeks ago, we, I think we were in commitment, we're talking about 6G. So, you know, things are changing. And, uh, you know, we, when we went from 2G to 3G, you know, there were things that had to be done. But uh, we, this, we're not going backwards in time, we're going forward and we need to be forward thinking on this. And the uh, FCC, they're the ones with the experts, they're the ones that can uh, really delve into this. And, you know, um, it, you know who do you go to uh, for, for a doctor? You know, if you're having, if you're having a, a headache or a head problems, you, you might want to see somebody that specializes in that. But uh, with the FCC, they're, they're the experts here and, it, and they need to get this thing done. Congressman, I know that uh, you uh, do a lot with, with national security, and, and I know you're, you've enacted the Cyber Sense Act for grid security. Uh, what's, the, what's the status on that, and, and how, is, how is that progressing? Well, you know, Cyber Sense is absolutely essential uh, because uh, as you're looking at uh, how uh, power is transmitted, we have to make sure that uh, if you're using certain types of equipment that is cyber secure, in the in in the network in, in that system, so you know as we've we worked on it in the last Congress, it's, it's moved through now. And but it's it's important because you know one of the things I've noticed and really talk about when I go out with folks anymore, I said, tell me about your cybersecurity, because I know that uh, you know I've sat through a lot of confidential briefings on cyber and you just you know just, just different areas like the Colonial Pipeline, how vulnerable we are in this country that, uh, you know, the millions of attacks that are occurring every day. And uh, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, all parts of, of the grid out there are secure and safe. So uh, it's, and people don't realize the amount of money and time that companies are investing in this. But, uh, you know, I remember hearing uh, or reading a statement from uh, the general who's head of uh, Cyber Command and they said, you know, we're doing a very good job out there, but he's in the same breath, but there's always still more to be done. And so it's pretty much, it's, when I've been some places and people say, oh, we're in great shape, the next thought I have is, well, you're probably going to get hit tomorrow because as soon as you let your guard down, uh, you're in trouble. So uh, the legislation that uh, I, I put forth and also Jerry McNerney from California is you know really looking at our, our grid out there, especially on, on with Jerry's piece was on, on the electrical side, but it's essential that we protect our uh, our most vulnerable because this if just think during COVID if if things were to shut down uh, on with uh, wireless, what would people have been, and how you know how could they've done telehealth and you know and the, the other thing is with telehealth as things move forward more people are becoming more and more dependent on doctors, nurses, everyone's coming because we have fewer people out there to perform the services. So we, we need all of this to be operating at the full potential. I know we're running out of time. One last quick question. I know that last year you introduced legislation moving barriers to telehealth during public health emergencies. You talked about that. Do you, you think those objectives are being met and what more do we need to do? Well, you know, one of the issues that uh, in the, in the, when kids and everybody were being sent home across the country, they might have been receiving um, health care or mental health services uh, on campuses. And, you know, just and then all of a sudden they went across state lines. Well, guess what happens? Uh, you, you can't uh, do anything uh, because you're, you don't have a license. 
And so we want to make sure that uh, there's a period of time that uh, doctors and other healthcare professionals can help people across state lines, especially during pandemic situations, that uh, this can occur. And at the same time, that, uh, you know, we, we put the safeguards in there saying that in a certain period of time, that person has to, you know, uh, be certified by whatever state that they'd be providing the services in. But again, we're, we're, we're going to see this happening across the country again, because we're a very mobile society. But at the same time, we want to make sure that uh, healthcare services can follow people as, as they move across state lines. Clearly, you're on top of this and so many issues. Uh, we really appreciate your leadership in Congress and all that you're doing to promote wireless leadership and making sure we win the race to 5G. You're clearly a uh, top leader on this, and you you get it. Everything you've said today is, makes so much sense, and, and we thank you for your time. I know you have to run off to the Capitol, so we need to let you go. We can talk all day, but uh, thanks again for your time. Thanks for your leadership, and we appreciate you joining us today. Well, and again, thank you all. And thank you all for what all you do to make sure we're in the best position we can be in in this country. So I want to thank you all for all you do. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.